Coming up, Matt Cohen was doing some wet rodeo. I went to search for one-footed footballers. Masterclass is a bit liquidy. We have one question with a lot of answers. Talk about the uh, the World Press Photo episode 70, and that is next. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Konnichiwa, this is Ryu Vocal. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten and only haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way since this is a 100% user-funded audio-visual entertainment. Please go to patreon.com slash BLFS, and that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BLFS, and show us how much you love us because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. So... News. Matt Cohen. News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because there's nothing else to talk about. No, there isn't. So that's the month of May. Is it April and May? It's been (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. while. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have anything for May? Uh yeah, I had I mean, all my shoots were good. Um, It's rodeo season, so that's really all I'm shooting right now. The only bad shoot that I had wasn't bad because of the event. It was bad because it was cold and windy and it rained the whole time and I was standing in mud. I hadn't Mm. had to do that for a couple of years and I realized that I'm kind of over it. Uh, it was, it was just miserable. It was just, you know, standing out in the rain for eight hours at a time in mud. It's, it sucks. And I hadn't used my Think Tank rain covers in a really long time. And I realized that they're in really bad shape from being, I don't know, 10 years old and, you know, yeah, yeah, like not really taken care of all that well. So I just replaced all of them, which is, you know, it's just insane to sit there and spend $500 on rain covers, (laughs) the kind of thing that you really need when you need it. And Mm. it was really a pain in the ass. Like the one for my, the bigger one, the 300 to 600 version yeah i guess the i treated it so badly that the clear plastic where you can see the back of the camera wasn't really clear anymore so i had to keep putting it on and taking it Mm. off to make changes it was it was pretty bad but the good news is that the new i guess i was on the old versions of them and the new versions of them are like significantly improved from before which is good like the material is better Mm. And the the way the windows work and the way the hand openings work are all improved from the last version. So it's one of those things where I think a lot of people, if you don't shoot in the rain all that much, you just get one of those cheap Aquatech covers or something like that and call it a day. But if you know that you're going to be out in the rain here and there and you're going to be shooting for hours at a time, you really need to have the better stuff, I think, just because it's easier to use and will keep your stuff drier. So. It sucked to have to spend that money, but you just have to do it. Like I get it every single time I go to 
like a big event like the World Cup because like there's Sony booth and Nikon booth and they give these like rain things away and that's what the ones I've actually kept. The only problem with because like I don't really like need it that much. Like when it rains, I just like put it on because I've always actually felt like the ones from Think Tank or other companies that actually does these like rain jacket things for the lenses and the camera, you have to like put it on before you go. Right, so it's not one of those things so, like you can just like just put it on when it starts raining. Like you have to actually like kind of anticipate that it's going to rain, and no one's really come up with a really really good solution to actually do these things. It's such a niche thing that like I don't know how many they they would actually sell if it's just like out there in general. And that's the problem. Like if there's a lot of people who are using it, um, a lot of people would actually go into the market trying to you know gotta get the you know one leg up on this whole big thing, but. It's just not big enough for people to invest money or time on these things. So, no, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. That there's so many things that like you have in sports photography, like equipment wise. You just, just kind of wish, like, man, like I wish someone would come up with something like this. But there's just like no no need for it, you know. So people yeah. have to kind of improvise and. Well, the three hundred to six hundred, you can you can put on like you can attach it to the lens hood. And then roll yeah. it up and it kind of cinches behind some elastic or something like that. And then you can just kind of roll it out and put it on. But yeah, attaching it and, you know, making sure all the cables are tied and all that kind of stuff is Ugh. definitely not a whole lot of fun. But that's, you know, no. that's the rain's fault. That's not Think Tank's fault or any of these other companies' fault. It's just a, you know, it's a problem they need to solve. But Or maybe just like make it so that rain, the bodies and lenses will no, no longer need these things. That would actually be the best. I, I don't know. That. You know, for me, it's like the problem is always more keeping the front of the lens element dry because like, for example, yeah. there was uh, one of the nights where there was a, a lot of standing water on top of the mud and I was close enough where I was getting splashed and you can't, you know, there's nothing you can do. There's no cover for the, for the front of the lens while you're shooting, obviously. So it was just a mess and it, I would have to stop and you know get a towel out and then wipe it off and you know so that i could continue shooting so it was just a bad experience all the way around mm. but you know if that's the only five days that i have to shoot in the rain this year then that'll be fine with me hopefully my may i just just kind of having a look i didn't yeah but the, the champions league semi-final was on but unfortunately ix didn't make it to the final and it was an all england final for the champions league and all england final for the europa league which is just no, it's never not that interesting when there's like pff, same countries going for the final or like in the final. So I did my first, like I started my five-year project for doing the um, amputee football league. It's really interesting. The The best team, uh, so it's amputee football, amputee football champions league. It's the first year they've actually had this tournament um, and they're not going to be in the Olympics uh, next year in Tokyo, but they're trying to get into the Olympics in 2024 in Paris. So I decided to like do this like five-year project. Like I would like to just kind of keep on following the sport and trying to come up with like a cohesive story to actually tell. The The team from Turkey is by, by far the best. And I did ask them quite a lot of questions about it. And they said, they're paid professionals in Turkey, which is crazy. So they get about like, for like big matches, they get about like 20,000 people watching this Aberdeen football, which sounds absolutely crazy. But if you see them play, you just kind of forget that they only have one leg and they're on crutches and just sprinting the crap out of it. And it's, it's amazing. 
which reminded me of like when I saw the uh, World Cup for the first Women's World Cup for the first time when uh, America USA played China it was like 1990 something and USA won it's a very famous one the uh, Brandy Chastain like took her shirt off thing and I noticed at that point that the US were so much better than the the rest of the world things have actually gotten a lot better since then like I think there's like the women's team are much much better just overall as the quality has actually gone up and I believe like for the amputee football league I believe it will be like that and maybe 20 years just the level of play that you actually see from the Turkish team um, is just absolutely amazing and it's a really interesting sport should be some interesting uh, stories going on as well but uh, yeah that's something I, I started and I hopefully will be able to do it quite consistently for the next five years and uh, we'll see how it goes that was uh, news and then we'll go smoothly into what is it assignment desk We give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening. Don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one. So we had what? Something to do with background. We asked for a simple one or colorful one or clean one or whatever that actually works with the entire, you know, your photo. So I think, well, the assignments thing, we kind of touched on training ground that he should have... Um, try to get rid of as much of crap that in the background as possible so but it is a clean background it doesn't really help when you're shooting something indoors and like you know there's lights on the court or the playing surface there's nothing on the um uh the people the spectators that always actually go for a very, very clean background and it's a decent photo now, do you have any comments on any, any of the other stuff yeah i want to talk about kevin's real quick I think that you you kind of covered it with that he can do better than this. I wanted to kind of look at this because this is kind of like a recurring theme. I would ask Kevin, obviously, you know, Mitch Marner, famous player, Maple Leafs, very recognizable. But this is just thrown together. You know, like if, if this was a, lazy, a junior yeah. team and if this was, yeah, if this was a junior team and if this was an unknown player, it wouldn't even make it out of the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you have a situation like this where there's interesting lighting and a cool background and, you know, an iconic brand in the NHL or whatever league it is, you have to do better than this, right? There, There's a way to do this without having the logo really seen. Like if his, let's say his helmet was right in the middle and you couldn't see any of the lettering at all and you just kind of had the outline of the maple leaf in the background and it was maybe way tighter, him blocking out the maple leaf and just having the points of the leaf outside of his body. I think that might've been cool. If he had been doing something interesting, that would have been cool. But you have uh, him not doing anything. You have his back and you have not enough or too much, depending on which way you're looking at it, of the logo. So it's sloppy and it's lazy and uh, Kevin can do better than this. And I think he knows that. The Michael Mozart one is good. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. It's very quite the gradation is just absolutely beautiful, you know? And he actually has the uh, the photo is okay. I think it's uh but he had uh he had an idea and he executed 
and which is not easy to do, you know, and you want to do a highlight, a highlight, backlight. So, so right. yeah, that. Um, so here's, here's what I'll say about this picture. It's pretty and it's fine, you know, as it is, I don't want to get too deep into the woods and nitpicking it to death. But what I would say is this picture is way more in the gradation, as you said, than it is in anything else, right? Even the, the guy on the bike. But it's certainly more important than the uh, whatever sand or dirt or whatever he's riding on in the bottom. So I would have less of that and more of the sky, which just means, you know, pointing up a little bit more, cropping up a little bit more or something. I don't like how much of that there is. It's, it just seems like an inch of that darkness at the bottom is too much. And really all you need that for is to provide a little bit of, I don't know, to break up the the pretty sky or whatever with a black band at the bottom but that black band could be significantly smaller yeah. like three quarters smaller than it is to, to to give the same impression as having you know that border at the bottom but also having more of the sky which is the good part of the picture mm. so you know those kind of things are just little details they can be easily fixed i think he's definitely on the right path with this one so that's good I mean, there's like a lot of different ways to shoot silhouette from this, you know, in this situation. And I think you should have think about it a bit more next time because it's such as long as I can tell, like it probably wasn't there wasn't anything else in that area except for the rider and the sunset. So you could have done a lot more than this. You need to be, be thinking about that next time when you do this. The rest is a disaster fest. So we're going to go away from the background thing. Um, I hope we... Well, I, hold what? on. I, I think we should I think we should get into why some of these other ones aren't oh, good shit. a little bit. You know, uh, let's just... We'll just go through these really quickly. The panning one by Bob, this, this isn't a background picture. Like, if you can't get rid of the background, you know, like you, you blurt it out, right? But as long as you can still see the shapes of people and light areas and dark areas like that, like that's exactly what we don't want. Mm. Hats off for panning during an erratic sport like lacrosse. Like I'm, I don't wanna discourage you from doing this, but that's not this challenge. No. This challenge is about backgrounds. And even the other one, like, you know, the second picture is better, uh, it's fine, but it's not, there's not enough background and there's not, it's not clean. You know, the whole point of having this is, is having a clean background and if you have you know two other players who aren't in focus and then just a, bl a black background it becomes more about clutter than it does about the background anyway mm. um yeah i don't know this bodybuilding picture you just got you're just in the middle right it's not wide enough to show really what's going on and it's not tight enough to show the details like this picture should be the bracelet, the f hand, the fingernail polish, and the bikini bottom, right? And you want to see the texture and details of all of those things. I want to be able to see, you know, whether that's like acrylic nails or, you know, whatever the alternative to acrylic is, you know, <laughs> like I want to see the individual stones in the bracelet. I want to see the, you know, the, the rhinestones or whatever it is on the, the bikini bottom, and I don't need any of that other stuff. So this really isn't a background picture either. This would be like a parts or a detail kind of picture. But this isn't, this is not what we're looking for here. Like, yeah, it's, you blurred out all the background, but there's so much other stuff going on. And then you have to do so much work to figure out what it actually is. And I probably would not have guessed uh, bodybuilding. No. 
And then the surfing picture is, you know, like, yeah, that's a nice wave face. <laughs> but the light isn't interesting and he's not really doing anything interesting. And it's like you did a whole lot to get the background. Like most surfing pictures are going to have this as the background. So that's really not what we were looking for. This is about being somewhere where there might be a lot of clutter or there might not be a lot of clutter. But what you're trying to do is arrange yourself so that the background, you know, whatever, wherever you're shooting, the background is going to be clean and pretty and add to the picture, not just a black background, not just a white background, but something that shows that you're moving around to choose your background and choose the angle and choose the lighting and all of that kind of mm. stuff. And I don't see a whole lot of choice here. I just see, um, you know, I, I think Michael made a choice, uh, but I don't, I don't think any of these other ones um, are a choice. I think they were just like, I was shooting and this is what I got. And this kind of leads into something that I've been really struggling with words to try to, I don't know, get people to, to see things the way I see them. But intention is missing in a lot of this stuff. I, I feel like people are just going out to shoot. And I think that if you, you know, you, you have something on your calendar and you're packing your stuff and you're getting ready to go out to shoot, you shouldn't be thinking, okay, I'm going to shoot now and have that, be, you know, kind of be playing in a loop over your head. You should be thinking about the specific things that you want to do. And if you don't know what those things are and you just decide when you get there or something like that, you're shooting without intention. You know, that's just purely reactive. And a lot of this stuff, you have to get ahead of all of it. You know, we, we give you these studies or these, uh, these challenges and <laughs> the way our schedules are going now, you have like a month and a half or two months or something like that to figure all this out. I would like to see just a little bit of one of the things that you shoot during the time that there's a challenge, really commit to it and uh, show us that you're that you're not just looking at the top line, but really thinking about it and learning how to solve the problem. And even if it's not perfect, I would rather see somebody taking a chance than Kevin, you know, just shooting people going out onto the ice or going back into the locker room or something like that. It's just not enough. No. All right. Well, that's it for assignment desk and we will come back with you for what you'll be doing this month or next month in masterclass we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears you got something to say, please go to biglensfastshutter.com. So, masterclass, it's, I'm actually in a room, my room right now. And it's really hot because I have to like shut everything. So the windows are closed and the doors closed. So it's really hot. So hot, sweat, it's liquid time. You can take it however you want. You can be perverted and think about liquid, but it has to do with sports. So please bear in mind, it's very easy. Sweat is the easiest one. Uh, they'll be drinking a lot of water. So, but if you just make sure that, like, when this is happening, you understand this is a sporting event or an athlete. Okay. It's very, you think it's very simple, but it's not as easy as you think. So, if there is like things in the background, I would actually tell you, oh, this is a boxing match. Oh, you're totally like, in a foreground. Oh, this is a, 
a football match or you see like someone actually wearing something that says oh this is a, a marathon runner something that actually does say this is sports i don't want you to actually have to like write like a you know two-page essay on like why this is a sport picture you need to basically be able to tell us by showing us a picture very simple so you should be able to actually do it yeah it's it's also well it's you know it's simple and it's not simple right i don't want to see a surfing picture as you, you know like just like the one that we just saw in the the one from last month right yes there's water in that picture but is that a picture about water or if it's going to be a picture about water would you do things differently and make water more of the frame or would you expose for the water and let everything else go away like these are the choices that you need to make so when when we have a a competition that's as easily defined as this then in a way that's harder. Like you can just go out and get pictures of liquid and water and sweat and whatever very easily. It happens at basically every sporting event. But how are you going to tell the story of that water? How are you going to make that water look interesting? How are you going to show us the thought that went into it? How are you going to communicate to the person who's looking at your picture that the water is the most important thing in the picture or that if the water wasn't there, it wouldn't be a picture I'm not talking about somebody drinking a Gatorade from 50 yards away. I'm talking about somebody drinking a Gatorade from five inches away or something maybe. Don't think about clearing the hurdle. Like, okay, I got water in the frame. Think about how you're doing it. Think about that this is a competition that other people are gonna be sending in pictures that have those. So how are you gonna make yours better? How are you gonna show these things in a different way? I wanna see some thought into it and I don't wanna just see somebody uh, a coach getting a Gatorade bath or something like that, unless it's also a really great picture. So you're going to have at least a month, like looking at my calendar right now, I'm going to be, you know, for, I don't know, most of the next month, I'm going to be away. So you're probably going to have more than a month, you know, maybe six weeks again to do this. If you're shooting even a little bit, you're going to have plenty of time to do this. And I really, I would just encourage you to go all out on this one because you can do it. It's not like some, you know, it's not like snowing and 80% of you aren't anywhere with snowing. Like everybody should be able to go out and find some kind of liquid in a, in a frame at a sporting event. You, you can really do this. So if you've sat a few of these out or something, or if you're really not getting them, or if they're too obscure, or if you're not getting an opportunity to shoot the things that we're talking about, take this one as a challenge and see really what you can make out of it. And that's it for Masterclass, so good luck. And if you just came here by accident and you want to know where all these things are taking place, please go to flickr.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter. You'll be able to actually find the group. There are a lot of threads. Um, the people who are there, uh, who are the members of this uh, group, are very nice. And if you want to ask specific sports photography related questions, we are and they are more than eager to help. So please let us know. Bye. This is SAT, SATs, whatever you want to call it. Um, for the time being, it will be called the SAT. If you've been to an American university or if you've taken a standardized test, this is a very, very famous standardized test in America, which I did horribly. So... 
I hope that you'll do much better than I did in this version of SAT. What we have here is that every month, either me or Matt will ask you a question and you will answer them by writing back to us via email because I don't want people to be writing on in the, in the thread. And we will reveal the answers for all the answers we got without the name. You get enough shame in your life, you know, listening to this podcast and going through training ground. I don't think you need more of that. It's very, probably very good for you to read what others have actually responded to. The question of this inaugural SAT was, and I read, Liverpool and Man U, these are uh, um, football teams in England, Hypo hypothetical situation, are playing at Anfield. Anfield is the stadium... Liverpool. So they're playing at Anfield. Liverpool star Mohamed Salah is on the bench. You heard that he is not injured, that he will likely play in the second half. You need to shoot the following players, Salah, who plays for Liverpool, and Marcus Rashford, who plays for Manchester United. To maximize opportunities to shoot both of them, how and where will you shoot them? The answer is... So this, I don't know if I should actually say the answer, but like this is what I kind of wanted people to say is that first of all, information of Salah will play in the second half is not for sure, right? Like you can never trust these information coming out of like the press release and whatnot. Like it's just, it's never hundred percent. If you need to get Salah who will not be playing or might or might not be playing. So what I wanted you to actually say is that I would shoot Salah warming up because then you actually get shots of Salah whoever however you are, and then you also be able to actually shoot him a lot closer than when he's uh, on the pitch he's not wearing the uniform so you need to be quite clever with it a lot of close-ups and things like that and you'll get pictures of Salah so in in that regards so you'll definitely shoot Manu first in case Salah comes on second half you'll get the entire second half to shoot uh, Salah you can't do it you can't do it either way around because Salah is still you know starting on the bench so you would shoot Rashford, and then after that, you will be able to maybe or maybe not shoot uh, Salah in the second half. That's it. It's very simple. I had a lot of, we had seven answers from readers, and I will publish all of them. But it's one of those things that you kind of have to really think about it and never have to like trust everything altogether because it's, um, it's something that you really need to like be thinking about all the time. And that is it so matt we'll come up with a uh, question and then we will post that on, on Flickr, and you'll be able to actually answer them later on okay that'll be it for the inaugural thing for sat thank you for participating and please 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 write answers to us all the information will be available on flickr.com uh, and search for big lens fast shutter uh, there should be a thread that would have the episode number and it will say sat thank you yeah wait it was you did it all while i was getting a drink Okay, all right. This is Pledge. There is no S at the end because it's not plural because there is only one question today or this month. Weird, because you give us money, you should ask us questions. So Simon, uh, Simon West wrote, in the podcast before uh, before last, Ryu, you talked about how at football, soccer matches, 
You use almost 400 exclusively, even for action in the penalty area and goal mouth. I've tried this in a couple of matches now and got nothing of any interest. I'm sitting about three quarters of the way towards the corner flag behind the goal. Can you talk a bit more about the sort of shots you're getting and where you are sitting using the 400 for shots in the goal mouth uh, and the penalty area, please? I think I spotted the problem. Sitting three quarters of the way towards the corner flag. Yeah, it's like you should sit as close as possible to the goal. That's usually good. Um, Because I've kind of like given up. Because what usually happens for like most agency and newspaper photographers, they want celebrations. They sit in the corner flag. And the the closer you basically sit towards the touchlines, that's the side, not next to the goal, the, the, the longer side of the, the football pitch, the easier to take action because action usually only goes kind of, you know, in, in from your point of view, left and right. The closer you sit towards the goal, they come at you. So it's not easy at all. Yeah, believe me, like I, I've missed quite a lot of shots in my life and I'm just kicking myself because I didn't actually get to focus fast enough because I'm just moving very, very quickly. I think you kind of have to like read what's going to happen because the fast, uh, the autofocus just, just doesn't like catch fast enough, just all the action going on. I've tried different methods and nothing really seems to work other than me just kind of like predicting what's going to happen next because in most cases you can like be watching this whole thing take um like kind of things building up coming towards you and you have to like tell yourself okay well it's going to go here it's going to go there and i'm just going to bet it's going to come this way so i'm just going to anticipate getting the focus for the specific action here like same for like corner kicks for instance i just like you know put focus on a certain player because you just only you can only probably fit like hmm two heads three heads or maybe a bit more but you kind of have to like guess like i'm just gonna go for i don't know virgil van dyke on this one i'm just gonna sit on it and just wait because but once the ball is in the air and you try to basically follow the ball and follow who's gonna head the ball it's just too late you won't be able to actually get it so you have to like take a bit of a risk on this thing just kind of go all in so you'll have a lot of misses unfortunately but it's one of those things that you have to like, you know, I don't know, have a lot of chances that that in that particular game and just be quite aware what is happening, where the players are, what the players are doing, what would they be doing next? What would they be doing after a certain action? If they will celebrate, what kind of shots do you actually want? Like all these things like you have to like, we've said this so many times. So like you need to like really be anticipating what's going to happen next. So don't let the action in front of you dictate you. You have to dictate what's going to happen next. You're the photographer. You have to like make decisions before things happen because otherwise it's just too late. If you're reacting to a certain thing, then basically that's what other photographers are doing anyway. So you'll be using your 7200 and just getting that shot that everyone else has and you don't really want that. That's my answer. Yeah, I I would, you know, I keep going back to the three quarters of the way towards the corner flag part. And, you know, because again, you're getting caught in the middle. And I I just, the more I think about it, everything that is good happens at the edges. And not, I'm not talking about the physical edges, but in this case, I probably am, right? The edge as in, I know what Ryu is saying about the corner. I kind of mix it up 
I don't really shoot soccer that much anymore, but I used to shoot quite a lot of it. And I would kind of, I think that the, the first, I don't know, the, the first impulse would be, yeah, be in the middle somewhere because then you have, I don't know, more things are in the range of, of your lenses, you know, like you can, uh, let's say you have a 70 to 200 and a 400, then you can cover the corner with the 70 to 200 and you can cover most of the field with the 400. I think that the good stuff happens at the, at the edges. And so if you're shooting with a 400 and you want to do that almost exclusively, which I think is a good exercise to do, I would definitely want to be either right next to the goal or right next to the corner flag, you know, just because the angles involved and which way people are going. And if you're at the corner, you're getting the sides. And if you're right next to the goal, you're getting them head on. And you have to be prepared to miss and you have to be prepared for the autofocus not to catch up like Ryu was saying. But you'll get those nice tight pictures in there. And I think that's a good, it's a good practice. And you'll probably shoot more because you'll be changing cameras less. I have a a kind of similar experience. Like I put my 70 to 200 away after hockey season and I haven't used it in three months. Literally haven't touched it. Don't even... Can't even really tell you exactly where it is right now. Um, <laughs> and I've just been using my 200 F2 or like an 85 to kind of cover up for not having the 70 to 200. And what that means is things will definitely fill up the frame and become too close to me very quickly, right? Because you can't zoom back. You you can't, like for me, the difference between 200 and 70 is like two more jumps of a of a bucking horse, right? So in that time, I could have zoomed out to 70 and kept shooting for a little bit longer. But those pictures aren't going to be as interesting. Fitting things in is not the way we do things here. And I would rather have partial, you know, have the frame full, you know, completely full and have, you know, whatever, the horse completely cut out of the picture and just focus on the rider because that picture is going to be more interesting. It's going to look better because it came out of the 200 and not the 70 to 200 it's what we it's what we talk about here all the time like i i would pass up average pictures to get into a situation where i'm either you know striking out or hitting a home run that's that's how i look at everything right i don't i don't want to grind it out with singles and bunts and stuff like that i want home runs and the failures i can mm. get rid of and nobody has to see them right and what you're left with is great pictures so I would I would definitely continue trying to use your 400 almost exclusively, but I would mix up where you're sitting and, you know, again, be cognizant that you're just going to miss and things are going to get too close to you or whatever, but there will be some magic in there if you force yourself to continue using the 400. It's a bit weird because, like, whoever, people who are paying us in Patreon, you, you should be asking more questions because we will answer them like this, you know? It's very simple. Um, if you're interested, if you've been listening, if you want to ask us questions, you want to pay us money, please go to patreon.com slash BLFS, and that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-F-S. We wait. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? 
you say we got no soul, you could be right. But we're still going to prove you wrong with... Cross counter... Yes, it's that time of the year where we get to see the world press photo. And I have to say, this one is much better than the one we actually saw last year. Because like last year was a messy one, which is a shit photo. And this one is a lot more interesting. But Matt did say something which was very spot on. So Matt Cohen, the winner of, we'll have a link to these photos. So you can have a look and, you know, cross country yourself. And the first place picture. What do you think of Matt Cohen? I respect this picture a lot and like the thinking that went into it and whatever. But this is just like the most pho photojournalist picture ever. It's it's like a showing off kind of picture to me. Like it's it's really it's trying to do like a million things at the same time. And you, I like how he used the wall to separate the people who are outside the little boxing gym from the people that are inside. But is it a picture that I want to look at a lot? It's not. This is really, no. it's, it's just, I don't know. I maybe because the, the things that are important in the picture, the guy hitting the bag with the dollar sign on it is really cool. But having that guy standing right behind him is not really cool. And then having those people yeah. on the left-hand edge of the frame, like not doing anything interesting, they're just standing there. You know, it's not like this picture isn't in sync. It's just, this is what you would see if you were walking through the alleys in, in this city. So that's why I say it's like a photojournalist kind of picture is like, this is exactly what you would see. You're walking through buildings in tight alleys and it smells bad and there's puddles of whatever all over the place. This is what you would see. So as far as like photojournalism goes, yes, this, this is a perfect picture. And it, I guess theoretically should have won. I don't know. I don't really see any of the other ones, but you know, just like as a sporting yeah. picture, I don't know. I would I would love to be dropped into this. You know, I would love to have a chance to make pictures, but mine wouldn't look like this. You know, it's just it's just too much, too busy, too much stuff going on, and too many things in the frame pulling your attention away from it. I mean, the thing is, like for me, that if this has to like work. It the guy who's hitting the 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 punching bag or the sandbag has to be more prominent. Really, like that's like the one thing that I would like really focus on it and try to figure out a washy way to do it. I don't know. Like it's just it's fine. It's a photo, but like Matt said, it's not something I would like to actually come back. You can look at the second place and the third place, and like it's also like it's nothing like it's really an amazing photo. This award has really proven time and time and again that they don't know what they're talking about and like all the i don't know like the desaturated like images or black and white they just kind of like tried to prove you like with this whole color thing um also like if you go on sorry i'm just gonna finish also like if you go on like look at the stories thing as well it's like it's so poorly constructed as a story all of them that I'm just thinking, like, what? Like, you have to be reading about this, to, like, know what the hell's going on. There's like something about the Iranian woman um, entering a football match, and it's so like the the. There's nothing. All the photos, they all kind of like look the same, except for the one that she's like getting um, makeup done to look like a man. Like, but that's about it. It's just no. This it's this so tennis poor. picture with the the second place winner yeah. is a trash picture. 
I mean, there's nothing good yeah, about this. It's and, bad on this one. You know, I hate to I hate to say this because I'm sure that the guy who took it is a great photographer and you know has a million pictures that are really good and whatever. But this is trash. Okay, great. The her hair was in the sun and literally none of the rest of her body was. But the composition is just so bad. I mean, this is bad, bad, bad. Yeah. This, uh, you know, I can't say that this picture would have made it out of my camera. I honestly, I mean, maybe because I would have thought, okay, I can do like a, a really tight crop on the hair, you know, or something. But even that, I don't really see a good way to crop her hair without getting some of the arm. And the way that the arm is and the way that the racket is going down like that is... I'm, there's so much more than enough to drag down the picture, you know, the part of the picture that has the sunlight in her hair in it that I can't even believe that this was submitted. Like, I just, it, it is mind boggling to me that somebody submitted this to a photo contest and that it won second place. It's completely beyond my understanding. And so it's probably a very, very good thing for you to actually go to this WordPress photo thing and have a look at all the photos, not just the sports ones. I mean, I would recommend for you to actually look at the sports ones, obviously, but you should also look at the other ones and you kind of have to like think about it. Like, don't accept that as the truth. Like, oh yeah, this, this photo got first place. It must be very good. Like you think about like, do you really like this photo? You know, does it actually do something to you? Because that's really, really important that you don't think automatically oh yeah, this photo got first place because whatever reason it is, right? So just don't follow the sheep or the herd. Just like think about it on your own because that's just very, 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 very important. This, this story, the stories aren't good. Like, you know, the, the picture of it's the, terrible. of the, the woman being made to look, look like a man. I, I think that's interesting, but I don't think that the, you know, like as a story or the whatever, it's not up. well executed. Mm -hmm at all it's terrible um and you know these other pictures where people are praying at the stadium or something like that are just the most pedestrian and the in these these crowd pictures of the fans being into it or whatever we see better pictures than this in in training grounds so while i understand that it's important to do this kind of work to go to places where you know, maybe the culture hasn't caught up with the rest of the world or something like that and showing the, I don't know, the conflicts and the, the things that don't make any sense or whatever. I, I know that all that stuff is important, but you still have to make good pictures. And I honestly, I don't care. I, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't understand this. Like I, I've never been in a position where I went somewhere and it was just so hard to shoot that I couldn't get it done or something like that. But I can tell you that if I did and I wasn't happy with the results, like these people shouldn't be happy with the results. I wouldn't be submitting it to to contest. So this is these are depressing. This is why I don't really even look at these anymore because it's it's not. I'm not saying that these people are bad photographers. I just think that the the, the wrong thing is being rewarded here. And um, you know, I just that that first place picture. That's fine. I don't. I'm not going to argue. You know, th this is a press photo competition, so. If you're gonna go for like the the outside border of uh, photojournalistic kind of pictures and what's a sports picture, that's fine. This is probably where you do that, but it's not a great sports picture, and none of these other ones are even great pictures. So that's pretty disappointing. This wraps up another disappointing year for the World Press Award. We will make sure we'll do it again next year at the same time, and we'll just like talk about happy, you know, these 
like how bad these pictures are. It's better than last year and the year before. That was like some really terrible stuff. Okay, well, terribleness aside, that is it for this. And with that, we end the 78th episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, please donate to us at patreon.com slash BLFS. And that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BLFS. To recap, Patreon, Facebook, website, and tell your friends. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month.